Welcome to the Bold Lounge Podcast. My name is Lee Burgess, and I will be your host. If you're anything like me, you love hearing inspiring stories of people who have gone on bold journeys and made a positive impact in the world. This podcast is all about those kinds of stories. Every week, we'll hear from someone who has taken the lead or embarked on an extraordinary journey. In addition to hearing their stories, we'll also learn about their bold growth mindset that they use to make things happen. Whether they faced challenges or doubts along the way, they persisted and ultimately achieved their goals. These impactful stories will leave you feeling motivated and inspired to pursue your own bold journey. I believe everyone has a bold story waiting to be free. Tune in and get ready to be inspired. Welcome to the Bold Lounge. Today I have Carrie Kipp, who's the owner and founder of Minet Candles. Welcome, Carrie. Hi, Lee. Thanks so much for having me. So I I would love for you just to give a brief introduction to our listeners who may not know you, and then we'll jump into being bold. Sure. So I'm Carrie. I'm the founder and CEO of Minet Candles, which was started about launched three years ago. I am married and have a Great Dane and a Maine Coon cat and live on the South Shore of Massachusetts. Very cool. And I found Carrie when I was killing time in between meetings in Seaport in Boston and walked into a store that had her candles. And some of you have seen my LinkedIn posts around amplifying something that's awesome. And Carrie's candles are awesome. And we'll talk about the way they're made and how they're made and sustainability factor of that, which is important to so many of us. But that's how we happened across each other. And then I kind of stalked her and said, hey, would you be on this podcast? And she agreed. So I, I appreciate you coming on, not really knowing who the heck I was, but being open to having the conversation. So thank you very much. Of course. And it's your community that you have has been so amazing. The outreach just from your LinkedIn post was really amazing. So love to be here. Well, great. So we'll start. I think you know the drill. Of what do you think about being bold? What does bold look like for Carrie? Well, how would you define it? So as a perfectionist, for better or worse, I think being bold for me is overcoming the fear of failure. It's doing something that's scary and that's not the norm because if it was the norm, it wouldn't be scary and you wouldn't even think twice about doing it. So for me, that was really launching my business. At the time, I didn't realize that I had this underlying fear, but it took me, I think, about six more months than it should have to launch. And it was just questioning every decision I had made up to that point. You know, would people like it? Would it be a success? Would people even buy my products? And so for me, I wasted about six months, but I, I learned a really valuable lesson. Yeah, we'll talk about that lesson. I think it's definitely something a lot of people who are listening can relate to, right? The fear of failure, of trying something new, but pushing through it. And you push through it at your pace, you know, like don't judge yourself. That's the thing I would say to you is you feel like you wasted six months, but you probably learned a lot about yourself. And you probably know what you wouldn't do the next time you have one of those fear moments, you know? I think for me, when that happens, and it definitely happened to me being an entrepreneur, I don't know if it happened to me as much on the corporate side, but I think corporate became very routine for me. Like I knew how to manage it. I knew when it would 
bubble up. I knew when we'd have a moment or not have a moment. But like being an entrepreneur, like there's some unknowns out there. So you work through some things, but you kind of go at your own pace. I think you're in a great space and the growth that you've had in that period of time, you have a lot to be proud of. So don't be so hard on yourself for sure. <laughs> your own worst critic, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So when's the first time you remember being bold? Would you say this is it? Or would you say there were other times in, in before this big moment? I mean, this was a big moment for me, but I do remember being a little bit strange and entrepreneurial when I was younger, you know, always wanting to have a lemonade stand, even if, you know, I would get one sale <laughs> sitting for hours <laughs> outside the driveway. But for me, like doing those things my whole life were strange to most people, but I really enjoyed them. Yeah. Did you like set out with an intention to do this or what was your career path before this? So I was in product management at a tech company and feeling really burnt out. My boyfriend at the time, now husband, really encouraged me to take a step back and think about what I wanted. So I took some time off and thought about, you know, where, what was it, what did I want? I really wanted to work for myself, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I was actually traveling with my husband in a hotel room by myself. And I finally felt like I had a, a second to breathe and think about what I wanted. I was getting into non-toxic living and really understanding what was in products. And I had totally eliminated candles from my life because most candles on the market have been equated to secondhand smoke. So I just, just switched to a diffuser when I wanted some scent in my home. But I really missed that ambiance of a candle. Um, my mom always had candles going in our home growing up. So it gave me that sense of comfort and you know calmness that I before in a candle in my home. And so I started to research how do I make a clean candle and ma made them for myself, my friends and family. And my friends and family kept coming back to me for these. So I kind of thought maybe I have something here. Did a little bit of research on market size in the US and you know the capital required to start something. And it kind of just exploded from there. You know, my husband, we were on a work trip for my husband and he came home from work and I was still in the hotel and he looked at me like, you left the hotel room all day? And I you know, I had like this mad scientist look and yeah. like, no, I explaining to him my idea. That's how it all came about. It's a big industry, right? The candle industry is big. Yeah. Like how many billions or millions is it? Three billion in the US alone. Yeah. It's and that was, that, that was three years ago before everyone was at home a lot. So it's yeah. probably larger now. So it's an incredible industry and like, I think I grew up with candles too. My mom always had them on and I have them. I don't know. Like for me, it is about a calmness and a mental, like, uh, like just exhale in a way. So that's how I look at candles in the sense of that kind of the hominess and just feeling cozy and being able to have that in place. So when you thought about starting it, you had never done this before, right? Like you were just doing it. You liked making candles. It was something that brought you joy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. How does one learn how to make a candle? I was in the depths of YouTube. Okay. <laughs> trying to figure it out. You know, it was a lot of experimentation. I, I equate it to baking. You know, you don't just get perfect cake on the first try. It takes many, you know, iterations of saying, I like this. I don't like that. Let's tweak it. And just a lot of testing of the product. Yeah. Tell us a little about your ingredients and your wicks and all that, because it is different than like candle you'd buy at a, a store or at some of the box companies that make candles as their mainstay. Yeah. So everything is clean and non-toxic. So our wax is 100% soy wax. 
that's domestically sourced. So, you know, it's coming from that's not mixed in with any other ingredients like petroleum, which a lot of waxes have. Our wicks are 100% cotton. So that means that they're lead and zinc free. You know, a lot of candles that come from Asia have the lead and zinc in them because it makes for a cheaper product. But burning lead and zinc, obviously, you're inhaling that. So that's not good. And then our oils are all made plant-based. So all of the fragrance is coming from plants. So there's no phthalates, parabens, or carcinogens in any of our products. How many times have you said that? (laughs) (laughs) Like you just like press play on that. So I think that's incredible about that. And I don't think we think about, like I didn't think about it till I, you know, learned a little bit more about your company and the candle itself. And, you know, if you have a candle lit a couple of times a week and your family is in your home, like your usage just says some of them are like secondhand smoke level. And I never thought about it like that. Like, oh, I just thought, oh, that's a wonderful smell. Or, you know, people make things at a cheaper rate so they can probably manufacture more of them. And these are very decently priced candles. It's not like these are out of the norm of any other candle price. So I think getting all of those things with the soy wax, the cotton wick, and then the oils that are plant-based, I, I think you can't go wrong there from a health perspective. And then the sustainability factor of that and and being able to do what you're doing with it in the sense of the different scents too. So there's there's multiple scents there. So when you started out being a founder and you said there was, you know, pushing through the fear, what do you look back now and say, wow, it really, that wasn't an issue or, you know, I shouldn't have been fearful of that. Is there anything that comes to mind in the sense of like, you said six months you got held back or felt like you wasted. What was holding you back? You know, I blamed it on not having my trademark yet. So I was trying to get a trademark when the pandemic was going on. So there was also delays to get a trademark. But really, when I look back at it and reflect, I think that just the fear of trying to launch a business and then having to close it because no one's buying what you're trying to put out there was for me, really scary and maybe embarrassing too. just to have to say that I'm going to have to close this if it doesn't work or if I you know, I launch and I get no sales. So for me, I think it was those two things. And to spend so much time on something that I truly loved. And if it wasn't well received, I think that would have been really hard for me. And that's what I was really scared about. Yeah. So kind of the the success factor, wanting to be successful with the unknown of will they like it? And then the acceptance factor, if it works well, and the acceptance factor, if it doesn't, right? So so, so what made you push through? How did you get to the point of like, I'm doing it? Was there a moment? Was there a, you know, micro moments? Kind of what helped you push through that? So I have a friend that was helping me with the product photography for her launch. And she was a, a teammate that I played lacrosse with in college. And she just said, okay, your photos are ready. When do you want to like set it live? Because she was also helping me with social media. And I was like, um, I'm not really sure. She's like, how about this date? And she just picked it. And I, I did her to do that for me. And she's like, you, you have everything ready, right? You're just waiting on me. I didn't know that I needed it. But looking back, I needed her to give me that little push. So kind of just her picking date and you agreed. You're like, yes, yep, I, guess that's I have it. no <laughs> argument against that date. Yeah. So what did you learn in your first two years? So you're about to celebrate your second year and congratulations on that. Thank you so much. What did you learn? Is are there kind of moments like, man, I learned this or, you know, you pour these by hand yourself, correct? Or do you have staff or tell us a little about the process and then the learnings? Sure. So um, up until about uh, six months ago, I poured 
almost every candle myself. During the holidays, my mom would help out sometimes in the beginning. But about six months ago, I made my leap and hire someone part-time. She's a local woman that helps me. She's a local teacher. And at night and weekend, she helps me pour candles when she can. And a great help. And also another fear of hiring someone into your business with your baby very different. You know, I used to hire and manage large teams in my previous corporate life, but it seems a lot scarier when it's your own business. That's been a huge help having her. And hopefully we'll add two more part-time people for this holiday season. Okay. So they're all hand poured. All hand poured though. And I just think of my, like, I'm very good at doing things, but not precisely. <laughs> so definitely like, a precision, like yeah, you, you would not want to hire me. Yeah. yeah. Do not hire me, Carrie. But like thinking of that, just that in itself is just kind of incredible. Like another quality aspect of the product and the price point that it has is it's just incredible for people to understand that. So hand forward and then all of the sustainability factors. It sounds like you learned you needed help. Yeah. And so that was helpful, but still scary. So another bold moment of kind of pushing through that. Any other key learnings about what it takes to run the business or particularly anything about the industry you're in that were unexpected? For me, I think there was two things that were big hurdles I did not expect. The first was people wanted me to be the face of the business. As an introvert, that was something that was very uncomfortable for me and really still is. But I've become much more comfortable about putting myself out there. I don't need to have makeup on to post a story on Instagram. Like people just want to know who I am and what I'm doing behind the scenes. So once I got over that, that was helpful. And then the second was finding a graphic designer that really understood my vision. Unfortunately, I had to go through three to four different graphic designers before I, I found one that could put my vision to life. Being in on the corporate side before, you know, I had a team of graphic designers that worked for me, but there was always a brand guide. It was an established brand guide. And I could say, this doesn't fit in our brand guide whenever I had feedback, but there wasn't a brand guide yet. And so getting through that and working through that was a hurdle that I didn't realize would be so hard. Yeah. So like coming up with the fonts, the colors and prints and, you know, things that then become your brand design. Exactly. That took a little longer than you expected. Yes. Yep. I had, I had about three different versions of the logo and label before we are where we are today. And it's called Mine It Candle. Can you tell, tell us a little bit about the title and, and why you picked that? Sure. So Mine It um, Light is a lighthouse on the South Shore of Massachusetts. It's known as the most dangerous and romantic lighthouse because of where it's located, but also that it flashes 143 for I love you. And so I was engaged and married with mine at light in the background. So it's both a beautiful symbol on the South Shore, but also really meaningful to me. Yeah. Excellent. Love that story. Love the connectedness to personal moment. You know, I think as we as entrepreneurs do things and figure things out and launch things, it's like that connectedness for me, it feels like my personal and my professional are connected, you know, like what I like doing or what I'm passionate about or what brings me joy. They're so much more connected now. And I think you can have this in the corporate setting too, but for me, it just wasn't, it became disconnected. I think when I started out, it was there. I was like so passionate and wanting to make a difference. And I was really good at my job, but towards the end of my run, in that, in that world, it really had worn me out. It had, you know, and it was feeling more like a battle every day versus a joy. And even though I was still good at what I was doing, it was hard to do it. But now it's not that it's not hard on certain days as an entrepreneur, but like, I just feel like it's more intertwined. Would you say that too? Kind of, you made the transition as well. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. I, I was definitely really burnt out and 
you know, still good at my job, but just not happy with where I was at. And I'm working so much more now. You don't start, a, you don't start a business to work less. My husband will laugh at me. I was like, I just need to finish something up. He's like, okay, I'll see you in two hours. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, so you have the support and the patience of the people that support you and, and love you and, you know, are patient with you. So like you, sometimes you definitely don't work less. So I think when you first start out someone, you know, I know my coach initially was like, how many hours do you want to work a week? And I was like, oh, definitely less than 40. I'd like to work 30. I think was on my original sheet, I was cleaning and could I do this purge in the fall of like just getting things out. And I was like, I found that. I was like, that's a laugh. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't ever feel like I'm, I don't even count, honestly. Like I don't know at a 60 hour week or at 80 hour, like I don't even count it, but I know it's definitely more than 30 hours. (laughs) So I don't know. It's that kind of, if you love it, it doesn't feel like a job type of moment, I guess um, as well. So your candles now, like how does one, like you made the candle, can you just tell me kind of that I know it's a process, but it's one that is hard to do. Like you, you get your product and then you have to figure out how to get it into stores and you're actually international now. So like, tell me about that progression from start to now being in London and France and all these other places you named. Yeah, sure. So I started with just a couple of stores on the South shore going in and saying, Hey, do you want another candle brand? <laughs> Have you done sales before? No, sales is not my forte. How did that feel? Awful. <laughs> Awful. <laughs> Very uncomfortable. Yeah. But you know, it worked through it. Yep. And it worked out. And those two stores still continue to have my candles and people around here know that's where they can go when they just want to get one quickly. But the funny thing about the international stores that I first got, it's an independent department store. And I had been in that store before because my husband works in London. So we go to London a lot. They reached out to me via email. And I honestly thought it was a scam. I, you know, I looked at the email address. I was like, this isn't real because I, in my mind, when I was in that store, I was like, I would love to be in this store. Yeah. But I didn't do anything about it because I didn't think it was possible. Them reaching out to me was like really eye-opening to me and realizing that I can do these things. I... I am able to, and I need to have more confidence in my product and myself. And so from there, it's just kind of taken off. They've been a really good stepping stone. And they're really what looked at in the European markets for up and coming independent brands. So it was a great stepping stone for me. So you knew of the store, you wanted to be in it, and they contacted you without you really making any inward sale or pitch. To exactly. Them. So for you, it was like probably another one of those moments of like, wow, this is happening. And I need to accept it, right? Because I think sometimes, like you said, we're our worst critic, but we'll talk ourselves out of things or we'll delay things because we're like, oh, but I need to, and then put in three more steps or whatever it may be. But sometimes it's like someone or something happens and you're like, no, I don't need to wait. And I'm going to trust that this is meant to happen, right? So to me, that would be like a tremendous, I think it's funny you thought it was spam or, you know, some type of hack or whatever, you know. But it was real. And so that was like another, sounds like a turning moment in the, so from a distribution standpoint, right? Yep, absolutely. It definitely gave me confidence and more of the ability to just cold call. And, you know, if I don't hear back or it's a no, like that's not a big deal right now, but maybe in the future I'll be on the radar. Yeah. Who do you think has been your biggest, like lots of supporters, right? But it sounds like your husband was probably the first person to encourage you, like you need to, to make a change, right? Like that he knew you weren't happy in the role that you were in. Yeah, he definitely is my biggest supporter. And I think that if I didn't have his support, I would have never taken the leap either. My family is huge support. In the beginning, they 
could not understand it. <laughs> but now but they encourage you, right? Yeah, that was the same for me. Like I was most worried about telling my mom that I quit without a job. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that's really not recommended in my house. And so, but I was so pleasantly surprised that she said, well, I'm a little worried, but I know you can do it. And it was just like, I'll try to get her clamped even saying it, but it was such a moment of like, she believes in me, you know? So it was just, it's just very powerful. And like you had your mom actually working for you yeah. and for, for free. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If my mom could help me, I know she would too. So like, it's just kind of cool to see that, but also, you had someone encourage you and say, you can, you can be happy. You can do something differently. And he saw the signs of like, we, you know, you've got to do something different. So that's always nice to listen to those that are close to us when they're saying, you know, you can, you can try something and you don't have to take a huge leap. You can take the steps into it that you need to take. Because I think sometimes people just fear the change or think it has to be, oh, I've got to quit my job. No, you don't have to quit your job. Maybe just take a candle class on the weekend and see if you like it or take that cooking class or try, you know, creating some logos for a friend or something like that. You know, like the creative side of it, or if there's maybe some other things you'd like to do. Do you think if there's any advice you'd give to someone who wants to just try something? I think your point is you don't have to go drastic, just test the waters and Nowadays, with Instagram and social media, you could launch a business and do it part time and see how it goes. For me, I just had to cut it off cold turkey so that I could really focus and figure out what I wanted to do because I was so burnt out and so bogged down by my previous job. But, like, to your point, I think it's just dipping your toes in, trying different things, seeing what you like, and go from there, just taking baby steps. And unlike me, it doesn't have to be perfect. You just have to try things and see how it goes. Yeah. Sometimes our perfectionism and our imposter syndrome, they like meet yeah. and it's just not, <laughs> not a good and then, and then it becomes a delay, you know? And that's the thing that I think for me, like I, I had never felt imposter syndrome until I became an entrepreneur. And I was like, I don't know this world. Like I'm not an entrepreneur, but I like had entrepreneurial spirit all my life. Like I just had it but didn't know that's really what it was. It's probably what got me in trouble in the corporate world. <laughs> I think it's really important just for people to hear that message of just, you know, start small, but take that step, but just begin, you know? And I think that's the hardest part is just the beginning part. So wonderful to meet you. All the information about Carrie and her company is below and a discount code if you'd like to order some candles and with everything going on, I think everybody needs a candle just for multiple reasons, but anything just to kind of reset and to, feel cozy and in a good state. So check everything out about Mining Candles in Carrie's world. Thank you so much, Carrie. Thanks for having me. It's so nice to talk. Thank you for listening to the Bold Lounge podcast. Through the continuum of bold stories, vulnerability to taking a leap, you will meet more extraordinary people making a positive impact for others through their unique and important story. By highlighting these stories, we hope to inspire others and share the journey of those with a bold mindset. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast and look forward to sharing the next bold journey with you.